Welcome fellow pilots and other podcast listeners. I'm your host, Strategic Communications Chairman David Campbell. On this episode, we'll be talking about the reserve system in the tentative agreement. And clearly, we've heard loud and clear from all of our pilots that scheduling in general and reserve in particular are pain points that needed to be addressed in this new contract. And so we're going to talk about that today. To do that, I've got your negotiating chairman, Chris Gruner. Hi, Chris. Uh, again, the scheduling committee chairman, Scott Rubin. Scott, thanks for coming in again. Thanks, David. And we're adding to this one, Justin Albright, who has a, a number of roles. He's one of the members on the scheduling committee. He's on the ARC committee and is currently the secretary treasurer in the San Francisco Bay. So Justin, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, David. And of course, our MEC chairman, Will McQuillan. Hi, Will. Hi. Thanks, David. And kind of a programming note to our listeners, this particular episode, more than others, is geared with the expectation that you have a little bit of familiarity with this new system. So what I would recommend before you listen to the rest of this podcast, we have some other documents that I think would be very helpful to read first. So there's the executive summary of the tentative agreement, and then we have a quick version, kind of a quick guide bullet points of the tentative agreement. And I would recommend reading through those first, and even better is to read the full language of the tentative agreement. Read those, come with your questions, and then this episode should answer most of those questions for you. That's that's how this particular episode was designed. If you take that approach, I think you'll get the most out of this episode. Chris, maybe give us an overview. Yeah, so at every coffee sit, every time we've met with pilots on the RV Roadshow through polling, we've heard, I think, probably more consistently than any other subject that reserve needs to get fixed. So uh, people feel beaten down and tired, and it's uh, something that has been a pain point for a long time. So we really uh, worked hard to kind of address those issues and make sure that we can get this thing on track. That being said, there are two approaches we took to this. So first of all, right now, uh, the amount of open time that falls into the system from conflicts and other things, it ends up getting covered by reserves. And so it ends up being extra flying that in other airline properties would normally be rolled into a bid block or something along those lines for people to bid on. And it becomes an operational impact for reserve pilots now that they're picking up. And it's not just the ancillary stuff that falls out of when people get sick or things along those lines, like the short in, you know, close in things that happen when a uh, trip needs to be covered. So it creates at our property a disproportionate amount of work for our reserve pilots. And so that is one thing we worked intentionally on to try to fix was to remove that extra open time before it ended up in the lap of the reserve pilots. So that's not what we're talking about today. Just want to let you guys know that that is a piece that we worked intentionally on. Today, we're going to talk just about the structural changes to reserve. And so they are pretty significant. And I'll just talk briefly on why we decided to make such big changes. So uh, when we're looking at reserve quality of life, a big piece of it obviously is what happens while you're on reserve, but it's also the stuff that happens around it. So the ability to bid for days off, getting calendar days off, things along those lines. So it's trying to balance those issues with then also tightening up the uh, rules within reserve itself. 
in order to address all those things, we took a look at what other properties had and modeled off of the best practices from them in order to bring changes here and improve the system that we have. So I think I'll jump on that and say that, yes, while your point that we modeled them largely after what were success stories that other carriers, that we also, as we will describe today, took a lot of time to make sure that this was customized to make sure that it fits the needs of our pilots. And I think that uh, we've improved upon the existing program greatly, while at the same time preserving elements, I think, that people really do like. And in that, uh, Will, I would say that if a pilot asked me, what does this system resemble like the most? What other carrier has a system like this? To your point, it's modified for our, our Alaska system, but largely at United and Delta, we spent a lot of time studying their systems and talking to their scheduling committee to make these changes and model our new system after their system. Yeah, I agree. I, I want to add one more thing to what uh, Chris was talking about. The reserve system doesn't affect just our reserve pilots. The changes we made create a foundation for a uh, much better trading system and give our pilots flexibility that they've been asking for. So this is this is a big part of the of why we went this direction. And all of our pilots, you know, reserves and bid block holders will all have more flexibility because of this system. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Yeah. So let's talk about some of those differences. All right. So as we go through this, there are a lot of reserve changes. So there's some we'll talk about that are going to take place immediately. And then we're going to have a whole new system that will be implemented later. So keep that framework in mind as you listen to uh, what we're talking about here today. Briefly, I just want to give you an overview of how this new reserve system will work. There's obviously more detail. This is just a big picture on the, the main pieces. Everybody is going to just bid reserve days. And so uh, once we get to PBS, you'll be able to just bid blocks of three to six in seniority order to get the pattern the way that works best for you. Now, once that's done, basically everybody's going to be a long call. And uh, you can convert to short call or pickup trips or remain on long call. And so I'll go through that in just a second. Now, ancillary to that, and we'll get into the details later, there's still going to be a certain amount of optionally available lines that are short call for the entire month, like we have now, and a certain amount of optionally available lines that are long call, but you can't convert them to short call. So put those aside. I'm not talking about those right now. Now, as we go through the normal reserve system, so this would be the bulk of it, what will happen is uh, every day a uh, pilot will be able to, first of all, pick up any trips, just grab them, and then they're theirs for the next day. Once that's all cleared up, then we're going to go into an assignment window, which is from 10 to 1, so it's a lot earlier than it currently is. And then the company will assign the rest of the remaining trips to pilots that are available on reserve, and then they'll assign short call wraps for the next day. So all of this is going to be subject to preferences and things along those lines. And then you're going to go ahead and just rinse repeat each subsequent day. So again, there's other specifics to it. On your first day of a block reserve days, you can't start prior to 1400 unless you decide to. And then if you pick something up, you get an hour pay only. There's other things along those lines that we'll talk through as we go through it. But that's the basic system. That's what I got. I think I'll uh, kick it over to you guys now to kind of discuss what those changes are and uh, what those will look like to people. Uh, so kind of like they mentioned earlier, we built this uh, reserve system from the ground up. It's uh, 
the long call system is what people are probably going to be able to, to see it as mostly. But like we said, we have a lot of customizations uh, for our Alaska airline pilots. Reserve pilots who are on long call can be converted to short call on a daily basis, but that is subject to limitations. Something that we're going to have that nobody else has is uh, pilots, after they bid for their days off, are going to be able to bid for a full month of short call wraps, and that's at their option. We're also going to have the ability to bid for non-convertible long call lines, and we'll have a few of those available as well. All of our reserve days off, whether you're on short call or long call, are going to be calendar days uh, midnight to midnight. Bidding for the reserve system days off are going to be different. Reserve lines are going to be awarded uh, in PBS at the same time as bid blocks. And uh, you'll be able to preference for uh, which reserve days off that you want rather than having the company build these pre-built lines that don't always make much sense. We increase the max block for long call to be able to bid for uh, from five to six days. And the minimum days you can bid is three and you'll need at least two days off between uh, each block. It was important for us to be able to bid in PBS. It offers a lot of extra flexibility to our pilots. You'll be able to actually select days off and say, hey, I'd rather be on reserve and, and get these days off. Let's just say it's Christmas. You want Christmas off. You uh, can bid for reserve days off that get you Christmas off. But let's say if you don't get Christmas off, you don't necessarily want to be on reserve. So with this system, you can now go in and say, okay, if I don't get those days off over Christmas, put me back as a line holder. And so you're not stuck to that system. So it's, uh, it's going to really enhance the schedule for a lot of our pilots. Yeah, so I just want to clarify something really quickly. But you talked about uh, every pilot will bid, and there'll be a long-call pilot who can be converted to short-call on a daily mm-hmm. basis. And they may or may not, depending on, and we'll talk through that. Then a minimum of 30% of the lines will be awarded for optionally being bid for a full short-call month. And it'll be on top of the days you're already awarded. And then a minimum of 10% will be available, again, optionally, for pilots to bid. And you called it long call, non-convertible. I just want to be clear. That means that it's a long call line and they cannot convert you to short call. Yeah. So let's okay, yeah, talk a little points. bit functionally about how that would work. So I come out of the bid award. I'm on reserve. I have my days off and days on on my schedule. Now there's going to be the secondary process. And if I wanted to have a short call line for the whole month, I'll bid in that secondary award process for short call. All my days on call now will be converted to that short call if I'm senior enough to hold it. Same with the uh, long call non-convertible. If I'm senior enough to hold that, then I'll hold that. And the current days that I come out of the bid award as being on call will just be converted to those either short call or short call or long call non-convert. Yeah, that's correct. And one of the big difference now with this system, uh, in addition to that, those short call lines, the wraps in those short call lines will all end at midnight, regardless of when they start. Yeah. So Justin, you were just making the point that no short call wrap will go past midnight. So let's put that in some context. Let's say I started at 1800 in my wrap. It's going to end at midnight. But cruise scheduling could call me in that window and assign me flying after midnight, correct? Yeah, correct. It's a, it's a similar system to the way it is now. If you have a late night wrap, you can still be assigned a red eye. However, we don't think the pilot should be uh, connected to their phone after midnight if they're not called. 
So it kind of respects their time off more. But yes, there's still, if you're in a late night wrap, you know, you're still uh, usable for a red eye trip within your blocks of days. If you're talking about your day off, that does end at midnight. So let's talk about some more of the key features in this new reserve system. And as we go through, you know, I mean, these are kind of bullet pointed, but we can circle back and put a finer point on some of these as we go. You want to walk through some of those, Justin? Yeah, you bet. So uh, let's start with the short call wraps. They're currently 14 hours. Uh, now that they can be no more than 12 hours, but uh, as discussed earlier, they actually can be less than 12 hours as well. You hit on it, but the wraps, uh, they must end no later than midnight. So you can be assigned trips within your reserve block that go past midnight, but the wrap ends at midnight. We move to a full calendar day off system. So uh, your day on starts at midnight, day, uh, day off starts at midnight. So you no longer do you have hours off. You have the same calendar days off that, that line holders use, which is really important for matching up days when, when you're trading. It makes, it makes a lot cleaner system. Yeah, that's a good point. It will you know, remove confusion. I mean, on contract compliance and stuff all the time we get, when does my day off start in our current system? Now you'll know it starts on that calendar day. Exactly. It also helps out a lot with uh, vacation, which we'll go into a little later as well. We added a new high time reserve rule, which basically uh, means once you hit guarantee, the company can either release you for the rest of the month or pay you for uh, each additional reserve day above guarantee. So basically that means your time off is, is respected or you're going to be compensated for it. Yeah, let me hit that real quick. And so I just want to yeah. make it clear, it's a, it's a check valve, essentially. So you're going to continue to get days that you're working after you hit guarantee for pay. And then the company can make a one-time decision to say you're not going to work the rest of the month and give you the rest of the month off. So they, they can't just pick and choose. So if we have an example for that, Chris, I'm on long call. I end up flying 76 hours and I have four more days left on call for the month. What are the two options again? So then uh, the default will be to continue working and you'll get extra pay and credit for each day that you continue to work, even if you're not called. And then uh, at any point, the company can say, well, you're not just not going to work the rest of the month. We don't want to pay you anymore. And then you have the rest of the month off. They don't have the ability to assign you past that anymore. In those days, uh, you get either a fixed value or what I fly, whatever's greater. Correct. Yeah. And just to be clear, that's you get paid extra just to set a reserve day. You don't have to get called out to get that extra money. Yes. Yes. Um, then uh, something else that we change is the vacation system. You know, I, I'm, uh, vacation system right now is a pain point for our reserves, uh, rightfully so. Number one, if your vacation system lands on a day off right now, it doesn't actually give you another reserve day off. Um, it's just counted towards pay and credit. And uh, we wanted to, to basically have a, a vacation system for our reserves that gives you the same amount of time that a line holder gets. So we uh, basically have a prorated system that's been improved. <clears throat> for instance, say, uh, five reserve days right now is about equal to like a low time four day trip for line holder. And that's the same thing that we're going to give reserves five days of vacation. will get you four days off on reserve. And you're bidding PBS, regardless of where you put those vacation days. Let me try to say that just a slightly different way, Justin. So 
If yeah. I have five vacation days on my reserve schedule, mm-hmm. four of my on-call reserve days will be removed because of that vacation. Correct, yes. That's a big deal. When when I was at Comair, we, you could have a, a month when you had vacation to actually end up with less days off. It's a huge deal. And right now, you know, because our vacations are calendar days off, when they're awarded and our reserves are hours off, when a vacation day lands on a reserve day, it doesn't actually knock the whole wrap off. It could leave five hours left from five, you know, from midnight one to 5 a.m. That reserve is still required to be on call for that period of time. And so moving to this calendar day off system actually it gives them a date, but, you know, one for one reserve to uh, um, calendar day to where there's no more slivers of reserve, uh, reserve contactability left. It cleans it up a lot. And as you already said, it fixes that lost value of a vacation day when it falls on the day off. Obviously, yeah, that is correct. Two big pain points, and then obviously the idea of the calendar day is huge. For those of us, I think, here in the room, this group, uh, looking around, we compared notes before we started this podcast about how long each of us has sat on reserve at this airline, and it's been years for most of us. So we understand the pain points. Yeah, and then um, this uh, next point is pretty cool, um, something that nobody else has as, as well. On the pilot's first day of a reserve block, the long-call pilot would not be required to report until 2 p.m. That mimics the uh, the 14-hour call-out that our uh, long-call reserves get. And then on the last day, if you're on long-call, you're automatically released at 10 a.m., if you happen to be in a short call wrap, either one that you chose or were converted to, you will be released no uh, later than 1500 or four hours prior to the scheduled uh, end of your wrap. So for example, if you're on a 10 a.m. wrap that schedules get done at 10 p.m. and you don't have any flying for you, you'll be released at 3 p.m. If you're on a uh, 3 a.m. wrap that's uh, scheduled to release at 3 p.m., then if it have no flying for you, you'll be released at 11 a.m. Justin, did I understand you right? You will not be required to report for a trip prior to 1400, regardless of when your wrap starts on the first day of of a string of reserve days? Yeah, so on, on the first day of a string of reserve days, you know, you, you are a long call pilot. The day prior, they can assign you a wrap or a trip. However, on that very first day, they cannot uh, force a wrap or trip on you that starts prior to 2 p.m. You know, there are a lot of trips and wraps that start prior to 1400, and a pilot cannot, at their choice, pick up or uh, proffer pick up one of those wraps or trips. If it's on the first day of their block and it's before 1400, they'll get uh, an hour of extra pay if they choose to do that. Because some people don't want to work late and they still have that option to grab that earlier wrap or trip, but uh, they're not required to prior to 1400. And if they do, they will get an hour of extra pay only on top of guarantee. All right. Thanks for talking about these broad topics. Reserve is divided into long call and short call. And, or at least that's one way to look at it. So let's, if you don't mind, let's talk about what long call is like. Yeah, you bet. So you know, number one, our long call call out has been increased to uh, 14 hours. And then on the very first day of a long call block, you're not required to report uh, 
prior to 1400 on the first day. And then if you choose to report earlier, you'll receive that extra hour of pay. Long calls will be auto-released at 10 a.m. Uh, on the last day if not used. For the long call pilots, your assignment window is now going to be a little earlier, 10 a.m. to 1300. And that, uh, that accomplishes a, a couple different things. Number one, you're going to have more time to know if you are assigned an earlier wrap. And for those guys who sit reserve on the East Coast, they will also now have a lot more notice as far as like what they're going to have to fly the next day. And it'll give them just more options for getting out to the West Coast to start that assignment. The assignment window is going to be a little different than it is now. Pilots are going to be able to have a lot more preferences in that assignment window. They'll be able to um, preference the type of trip, the actual trip that's there that they see, the type of wrap, like if they want AM or PM. The other big thing that uh, long calls are going to be able to do is aggressive pickup. And, you know, right now you have to match your category of days to aggressive pickup. So if you have a three-day block, you have to pick up a three-day trip. That's changing significantly. We're going to, um, the long call reserves will be able to aggressive pick up a trip that goes one day less in that category. So if you're on three-day block, you can now pick up a two-day trip. Or they can also pick up a trip that goes into their day off. This is at their choice. So if you're on a three-day block, you'll be able to pick up a four-day trip. And then if coverage is low on that day, you'll also receive an extra three hours of pay above guarantee. Otherwise, that time goes towards uh, credit and pay towards the guarantee. You can also pick up on that day prior to the block of days. So if you're starting reserve on a Wednesday and you see a really good trip that starts on a Tuesday that you want to pick up that meets that criteria that we talked about earlier, you can pick up that trip that starts on the day before. This will be a big deal for a lot of guys who, let, let, let's say you, you see that overnight that you really like, or you have that the East Coast trip that starts with a deadhead, something like that. Uh, you'll be able to aggressively pick these trips up that are on your day off. And like we said earlier, if it's if coverage is low, you actually get uh, three hours of pay only above guarantee in addition to the pay and credit. Yeah, so Justin, if we maybe did a little example of how that might look for a long call. We're in the early morning and we're looking at trips for tomorrow. I, as a long call, can aggressive pick up plus or minus one, a trip out of that pile for tomorrow and self-assign. Mm -hmm. Once I get yes. it, it's mine, I'm done. I'm not contactable to crew scheduling until report time of that trip. And then Correct. if all those tri if trips remain, when we go into the assignment window at 10, then Preferences will be looked at by crew scheduling and award trips and short call wraps for the long call pilots for the next day. And then if preferences don't clean everything up, then they get assigned to the, the low time reserving category. That's how the process in general is going to work. And reserve pilots have much more kind of control of their life because they can self-assign and have the trip and be done. Yeah, and that, that's something I would jump on is that that's one thing. Control in reserve and flexibility in reserve were two things that people said that they really, really wanted. And on the aggressive pickup language we were able to negotiate, which is patterned after what I had when I was at United, but better. I mean, now you've got the ability to not only do that per 
perchance pick up a little bit of extra pay. It's really valuable when you are either a commuter and you want to commute to a known fate, like Justin said, forego a deadhead, report in base, or just simply find a trip that releases early enough that you know you'll be able to commute home. You pick up a known fate. You're just, you're not at scheduling's whim. And it, it was something that was heavily competed for at United. You couldn't get on them quick enough. And I, you know, I hope that we find that that manifests itself here too. Yeah. And then something I want to add too, this is a question that you get a lot from pilots. They don't like being liable to the company necessarily on their day off as far as having to pick up trips, answer to assignments. And the way we've built the system, you are not. In other words, you don't have to participate in the aggressive pickup window on uh, the day before your block of reserves. If you're on a fishing trip and have no cell phone contact, you can just pick up your phone at midnight and see what they gave you. And you'll know you have a 14-hour call out and you're not going to start prior to 2 p.m. Justin, can we circle back to that assignment window? And just so I'm clear, we're talking about known flying that the company has to assign between 10 and 1300 the day before, right? But then obviously stuff can drop into open time after that. What what happens Correct. then? Correct, yeah. So after the assignment window, you know, the way it works right now is the trips get locked and they will be assigned to short call reserves starting the next day, long call reserves. And we want trips that fall in after the assignment window. We want line holders and frankly, long calls to be able to have a stab at those trips to be able to pick them up. This helps the line holders and it also helps our reserves. So after one o'clock, the trips drop in. The company can't uh, start assigning them until 16 hours prior to the start of the trip. Now, if the trip drops into open time and it's less than 16 hours, there is now a, and we're calling it a soak, a one-hour soak. That basically means the trip has to be available to line holders for a one hour, at least, in open time before they can assign it to a reserve. And then uh, once you hit the four-hour mark, then the company owns the trip and the company can assign it to a, uh, a short call reserve. They can assign it earlier. However, th they have to let it soak for an hour at least. You know, it, b back to that assignment window, the company can assign wraps as well. And we can get into more about that later, but um, we wanted to, to kind of give predictability to our pilots. Uh, we want the company to try to assign all the wraps in that assignment window. Now, if they can't assign them all or they have to make a new wrap outside of the assignment window, we added... Um, Another uh, pay-only above guarantee called late build pay. So if it's 5 o'clock and they say, hey, a guy just called in sick for the 5 a.m. wrap, we need to put a 5 a.m. wrap out there, they can assign that with 14 hours notice to a long call. But that long call will now get an additional uh, one hour of late build pay because that wrap was not assigned in the assignment window. Yeah, I want to highlight, too, that that ad pay is in addition to the guarantees that we've kept that we currently have that are higher than the other airlines. So it's still a 75 hour guarantee for long call and it's still a 79 hour guarantee for short call. And by short call, those are those dedicated short call lines. Correct. The ones that you bid for an entire month. Correct. Right. And yeah. I think that's going to be an important clarification. It's such a dynamic change to the system that we're going to have that secondary award of converting a long call awarded line from PBS into a short call line. So those those guarantees that you spoke of apply to that secondary award, not individual daily conversions. 
Yeah. So, uh, I mean, regarding the uh, conversions from long call to short call, we talked earlier a little bit. There's some limitations on that. First of all, uh, similar to a United System, when you get converted to short call, if they don't use you, they have to pay you an hour of pay only above guarantee. They get up to six of those conversions. And then after that, if they convert you, they have to pay you two hours above guarantee if they use you or not. And um, it's important to note that a conversion is a single day. So every day they have to make a new decision to convert you. And that can be the pilot's decision as well. If you choose to be converted to short call reserve and you're not used, then you still get that extra hour of pay. When we're in the assignment window, the conversions will be awarded in seniority preference. So if the most senior guy wants that 3 a.m. wrap, he'll get it. Then once we go through all of the pilots in that category, then they'll look at the number of conversions that you've had. So if you've been converted five times in the month already and other pilots have been converted once or twice, then they'll get converted for you. And that keeps it kind of equitable. So if you're senior and you want the conversions, you can get it. But at the same time, if you're junior, you're not going to get blasted with conversions. Yeah. And I think that it highlights an important concern for the pilots who've been here at Alaska for some time, as I look at Scott and David here in the room, that they used to have a different system where there were no limits on conversions from a long time ago. And I don't want to confuse that, but they got, they converted everybody on a daily basis with no rhyme or reason whether you got used or not. And this really does incentivize them to be very careful about how they do those conversions, to respect seniority and, and your preferences in that, and to pay you if they convert you and they don't use you. Honestly, I can't remember a time that I didn't get converted to short call from, once. from long call. Charles called me once and I didn't get converted. Yeah. So I'm glad. I mean, you, as you've negotiated this, you've clearly had that in mind of the conversions to short call should not be simple and easy and there, there should be some. Sure. And overarchingly, what we've tried to do is look at what have been the problem and pain points in scheduling and make sure that that scheduling's behavior is guided by they have flexibility, but there's a financial penalty for not doing things in a certain order. Right. It's someone how we've discussed it before of just protecting pilots' time. They're respecting they're, pilots' time exactly, and and protecting the the way that business should be done. So that and it's a different podcast, but reassignments and things like that are right. equally incentivized that way. Right. I want to add to as far as. How can I avoid being preferred to a short call wrap? And what other protections have we added? The aggressive pickup of our trips and having the ability to pick up the day before your uh, wrap and then plus or minus one from the category that you're in is going to be a huge way that pilots can have control over their lives and not be converted. I mean, I mean, well, you're at United, so you're used to hearing this, but my friends at United that are always talking about how they're junior guys on reserve but they, they haven't sit, set a, a day of short call wrap because they can aggressive pickup and they can control their, uh, their schedule with that. And ours is going to be even better than that now. And the other thing that we built in, we're going to have 10% of the lines that are available after you bid your days off to be non-convertible long call lines. So when we say non-convertible, that means they cannot convert you to short calls. So there, there are going to be a, number, a small number of lines that will be available to bid for. 
And, and just to be clear, a minimum of 10%. The company could Correct. decide that that's a useful tool to them and create many more, but there's a minimum num of 10% or a certain number in small bases. So if I'm on long call, can I preference what types of trips I'd prefer to fly? That is correct. Now you can actually put a lot more preferences in there. Right now, you can just select yes or no. I want to fly. I don't want to fly. Now you can say, I want to fly AM trips or AM wraps. And then if I don't get any of those, I prefer not to fly. You can be a little bit more specific about you want, uh, what you want. And it'll actually be awarded it in seniority order in the category that you are in. When they get to the bottom of the uh, the category, any trips that have not have been assigned, then they'll again they'll look at the high and low time reserve, and again that keeps the junior guys from just getting all of the credit put on them. So a senior guy can fly if he wants, but all the credit is not going to get slammed onto our, our junior pilots. One of the pain points that I hear on this kind of preferencing as it exists now is it's hard to know whether the preferences were actually followed. And so if you're awarded a trip or not awarded a trip when you're on call, it's hard to know ex if the process was followed. What kind of transparency changes are there with this new system? Yeah, so we do have the scheduling for volunteer program. So we'll have somebody there working with scheduling early on to make sure that the language we have is implemented in the way we've mutually agreed to as we move forward. So that I think will be a, a helpful tool with this. So let's move on to the short call. What, what changes and, and differences can we expect in that? Yeah, I can take a few of those. If you're converted to short call or you bid this in the secondary process to have a, a month of short call wraps, the call out has been increased to two hours and 30 minutes instead of two hours that we have now. Um, if, crew scheduling and calls to assign you a trip within four hours, then you can get reimbursed for close-in airport parking or taxi ride share to and from the airport. I want to add one thing to that, just because it's, I think this is a really big deal to our pilots. Uh, when we're talking about respecting their time and, you know, a lot of airports now, it takes you 30 minutes to an hour sometimes just to get from that employee parking lot to the uh, airport. And if you get a call out within four hours, they have to buy you close-in parking. We'll save our pilots 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour for that call-out. To me, that's a really big deal and a really nice improvement for our pilots. Yeah, that's a great point, Justin. We've already talked about some of these things, but I'll just list them kind of here real quick. We talked about the wraps being shortened from 14 hours to now they're only going to be 12 hours. All wraps won't go past midnight. Again, you're going to have that calendar day off, so your day off starts at midnight. And then if you are on short call that last day, like Justin spoke about earlier, you're going to be released by 1500 if you're not used. There's one caveat to that. If you bid for a wrap or you preference a wrap that starts later after 3 p.m., let's say, let's say you have a 4 p.m. wrap, that wrap will, on your last day, end at 8 p.m., so four hours prior. You can't be used past midnight, but, that, but if you're still on call, you're going to end at 8 p.m., but that's the pilot's choice. The company cannot assign you a wrap after noon on your last day. What about the ability for a reserve pilot to pick up flying on a day off? Yeah, so we do that a couple different ways. So first of all, we put reserve flying on a day off back into the contract. So it's a back in an LOA. 
and it's uh, similar to the provision that we've had previously just with some more controls to make sure it's uh, handled consistently and fairly for the pilots and on top of that like justin mentioned earlier if you're a long call pilot you can pick up minus one or plus one and that includes a trip that either starts on a day off and flies into a block of reserve days or a trip that starts on reserve days and flies into a, a day off so it just provides the pilot more flexibility to be able to manage their schedule and grab trips that they would prefer and just again to make it clear you'd only get the extra pay if on your day off available reserves was less than required David, where this is going to get kind of uh, nice for our reserves, like let's say in PBS you build yourself a schedule that has three-day blocks. That's what you want to do. And so over the first three-day blocks, you aggressive pick up a four-day trip for each of those blocks. And with those four-day trips that go towards paying credit, you put yourself above guarantee. You know, at that point, the company has to make a decision. Are we going to release you for the rest of the month or make sure you're paid for the rest of those reserve days for the rest of the month? So it puts more control in the pilot's hands. One of the biggest differences, I think, in this reserve pickup thing is in the old MOU, it said at scheduling discretion, and now it does not. So if it's legal, they have to allow it. So pilots now have the opportunity to choose to fly on a day off, but could the company force them to fly on a day off? They cannot. And this is something that's a big deal. Um, and Chris, please correct if, if I'm wrong, but I think just about every other airline out there, they can force you to fly into your day off. And the fact that, you know, we've negotiated a, a restriction to not allow the company to fly us past midnight into our day off is going to be a huge improvement for our reserves quality of life. Yeah, no, that's right, Justin. There are occasions where you're stuck out somewhere and you get in late and you, you end up flying into a day off. So that's what happens then. So a uh, couple things. So first of all, uh, as of today in our current contract, you just get that day restored. So now you can choose pay instead. And that pay will be a minimum of uh, five hours, but it will be will be 200% of that duty day. So you get an extra 100% pay only, but a minimum of five hours. If you fly into a vacation day, now you get a day off restored, plus you get uh, 200% for the entire trip. And that, so if you get inadvertently flown into a day off, that just make sure I'm clear, that's, that would be five hours total, right? That's not an extra five hours of pay. It would be 200% of the duty day. So 100% of that would be pay on top of guarantee, but that would be a minimum of five hours. And that would be on top of guarantee. That's... That's right. Scott, are there any changes to reserve trading? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and trading your schedule when you're on reserve, is, we know is important to the reserves. So we've retained our ability to trade reserve days amongst ourselves or with ourselves, move your own reserve days in your schedule. Of course, that's pinned to reserve coverage. But we've also, in this new system, you can trade with other pilots as long as you maintain the footprint of having um, a minimum of three days on call, a maximum of six days on call, or two days off in between. So as long as you follow that pattern, you can trade with other reserves because in this system, basically reserves are interchangeable where in our old system they weren't. So this will give our pilots more flexibility to maneuver their schedule post bid award. 
That sounds good. And then that, as you say, as long as it fits into those parameters, is that trade automatic or is that pending approval? Pilot to pilot fits those parameters. It goes through. Nice. Regarding trading with yourself, we've enhanced that. Right now, if you're in the 3 a.m. wrap, you have to look at the coverage for the 3 a.m. wrap. And that's all you can look at. Even if it's for the whole day, it's a good coverage. If it's short in the 3 a.m. wrap, you, you can't trade with yourself. Now it's going to look at the day, the coverage for the day and not the wraps. So that, I think that, that'll be a huge enhancement as well. Something we hear often at the coffee sits and really any time we have a chance to talk to pilots is how a lot of our reserve pilots are working a lot and it's fatiguing and, and that we need to find some ways to minimize that. Does this TA address those points? In several ways, and I'll try to kind of keep this simple. It's not just pilot feedback, but there's hard data that supports that the schedules that are assigned and built and created for our reserves are more fatiguing when compared to a line holder. And I'll kind of keep it simple since the other podcasts may address this, but we made sure just as one simple measure that the pairing construction rules that have a lot of fatigue mitigation baked into them will also apply when constructing a reserve assignment. And I think that's going to be just one very simple step in helping reduce that. So there's there's a lot of new in this section. Is, is there anything else that looks particularly different that you might want to highlight? Yeah, there is one other piece here on contactability too. I just want to make sure people are aware of. But when you land on your last leg of a assigned reserve trip now, so you're back in base, um, like other airlines, you will be uh, required to check your schedule before you depart. So it doesn't increase the amount that you're actually contactable for, but just there's a positive contact there required from the pilot to see if there's another any changes to their schedule. Now, on the flip side of that, pilots will not receive ACARS messages regarding scheduling at all anymore for anything. Period. It yeah. was a significant pain point we heard loud and clear from the pilots. And I think that this, uh, even though that checking your schedule, which is kind of an industry standard, as he said, is maybe something new for our pilots, we've really addressed an issue that people were uh, flat out tired of. And using ACARS for non-flight related purposes like these scheduling assignments, we know that created uh, significant anxiety. And honestly, I think it also created a little bit of a, a concern for in-flight safety and things like that. I know there are a lot of changes here and uh, I just want to reiterate that Scott, myself, Justin, Will, we're all available to answer questions. If you want to reach out to us, we have information on alaskapilots.org and uh, there's other tools to make sure you fully understand this. The other piece is that all of this won't be implemented immediately. So there are significant pieces here that will be ready right off the bat. So for example, the longer call out times. So it's still gonna, you're gonna have 14 hour long call, two and a half hour short call. You're gonna have shorter wraps, so 12 hour wraps the uh, provisions for when you hit guarantee, either getting pay or days off. There's pieces like that that you'll see quickly. But um, the other ones we're going to work to get done soon. But I just want you all to understand this will take a little bit of time before this becomes something that you'll see in your daily lives here. Right. And a lot of that can be functional. I mean, there's programming. There's a bunch of things, logistics that have to be handled beforehand. And we understand the concern about timeliness and company accountability to those timelines. And, and that is a focus and something that we've obviously brought up at the table. And we will continue to focus and hold them to that. 
And I think maybe as one closing thought that I had is sitting here with this team and all of the scheduling issues that we negotiated, just how complex they are and really that this is one of those things where all these little individual pieces fit together to form a system that really does address needs and concerns and problems that the pilots identified. And then that also kind of flows into the conversations that I've had with other chairmen where you hear how they're solving their scheduling problems and they do it sometimes a little bit differently. And this more than any other area of the contract points to how we have to solve things for our pilots in ways that are palatable to our pilots. Because uh, when you talk to pilots, sometimes you'll hear about unique things to another carrier schedule that you know simply wouldn't work in our system or that uh, might be something that if we were to go and pursue it, would completely break what we're trying to do overarchingly that serves our pilot group. And I think we did a fairly good job, uh, you know, as far as, especially on reserve and some of the scheduling work rules to kind of pull it together in a way that is good for the Alaska Airlines pilots. Yeah, so it's important for us here to make sure that you fully, or you have enough information to make an informed vote on this TA. So that's really what our focus is here. But uh, again, just keep in mind, there'll be more time before you have to fully understand, you know, how this will affect you on a daily basis. So again, reach out if you have questions and uh, we'll continue to make sure that you're able to uh, get the information you need. Absolutely. Thank you guys for coming in. Thanks, David. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, David. And I'd like to thank you for listening. Remember, there is a wealth of information available to you at alaskapilots.org, including a quick guide to the tentative agreement, an executive summary of the tentative agreement, and the full language of the TA. Additionally, there will be a roadshow schedule published there and instructions for voting, access to all of the other podcasts, and a question and answer bank, and more. Please remember, we are here to answer your questions. Everyone you heard on this podcast can be reached and another great and important resource are your block reps. You've been listening to another episode of the Alaska Pilots Podcast. I'm your host, Strategic Communication Chairman, David Campbell. 